Hello, friends, and welcome to Men Do Disney, episode number 63, listener supported. My name is Pete, and joining me tonight are Matt. What's up, everybody? And Tom. How you doing? We're three guys who want to help you make the most of your Disney World vacation, as well as to bring some of that Disney magic into your life every day. So put on your favorite pair of Mickey ears, lower your safety harness, remain seated until the ride has come to a complete stop, and men, let's do Disney. So what's new, fellas? Not a whole lot. You know, just hanging out. Actually hanging out together here. First time we were doing the recording in the same place. And it's been a logistical nightmare so far, so look forward to seeing how this plays out. I think we've got I think we've got it set up correctly, but yes. Uh, I'm going to say sorry to our listeners in advance, because... Here's one thing, Matt's audio will definitely sound better, because he's here. And there you go. So, want to uh, apologize for missing last week. We, uh... Let's just say someone was sick, I and mean, that's what we say. Someone was sick. I, I actually was quite ill, plus we had the Thanksgiving holiday, so I think we, we kind of planned to skip it anyway, but... We're back for the duration, at least until we get into Christmas and uh, and our upcoming Disney trips. So let's uh, roll right into the uh, the news for tonight. Tom, what do we got? We've got not a lot of news. Uh, if, if you remember, our last episode was jam-packed full of a ton of big information. And this one's not going to be. So we'll go ahead and start. We're going to go to Epcot and Wreck-It Ralph and Vanellope now meeting guests at Epcot. Obviously, Wreck-It uh, Ralph from Wreck-It Ralph has, has become a really popular Disney character. And just in time for the opening of, of Ralph Breaks the Internet, Disney's opened the character meet and greet inside the Imagination Pavilion, which is a new experiment at the Imagination Institute, creating a portal into other dimensions where, where you would actually meet Ralph. It's the first of several planned character portals inside the newly repurposed space, which brings guests into the Internet so they can meet Ralph, Vanellope, uh, and more unannounced guests that will be added to this area in the future. So if you are taking Little Wins to Disney and you're Interested in character meet and greets, Wreck-It Ralph and Vanellope are now in Epcot. Moving over to Hollywood Studios, new logo. Disney Hollywood Studios confirmed coming in January. So, so Pete, on the Disney trip we go on, we will potentially know the new logo. I know it doesn't debut until January 18th, but you got to think it's going to leak at some point, right? I would think so, and hopefully it won't. there won't be a new name to go along with this new logo, right? I know that there was a couple of... I know that there were a couple of rumors flying around previously that Hollywood Studios was going to be getting a rename. It doesn't look like that's going to happen. I know that Matt's favorite was Disney's Cinemagic Park or some, something like that. But it doesn't look like that's going to happen. It looks like it's just going to be a new logo. Yeah, it's exciting. I, I like change like that. You know, I hope they don't change the name, but I am excited for a new logo because now I can get new Disney pins and my, my older Disney pins with the old Hollywood Studio logo will be worth even more now. You know, do you think they'll t- try to tie in something directly with Star Wars or no? I don't think so. I mean, it's going to be a big part of Hollywood Studios, but I, I don't know that you can really carry a park with one. You, you think about Universal. Universal doesn't have like Harry Potter world. I mean, it's a part of the park, but it's not the whole park. Yeah, we'll see. Well, I, I would not be surprised if they incorporated something with Star Wars, but I've been wrong many times before, so probably be wrong again here. Speaking of Star Wars... Uh, Star Wars A Galaxy Far, Far Away reopens at Disney's Hollywood Studios. Uh, Star Wars A Galaxy Far, Far Away closed on September 29th and was not performed for nearly two months while maintenance was being done on the center stage area of the park. Now the busy holiday traffic is back. Looks like the live stage show will be playing again several times a day. I think I've given my opinion on this. It's not something I stop to watch. 
I have walked through Hollywood Studios and seen bits and pieces of the show. I have watched it one time in totality, but I don't know. I mean, it's it's neat seeing the Stormtroopers and all the different characters from Star Wars, but it's not something that fires me up personally. Moving to some general news, uh, Disney Skyliner gondola cabs confirmed to not have air conditioning. So I know we, uh, we hit this on our last podcast, but uh, they will not have air conditioning and I'm still a little upset about it. They will have cross ventilation to allow airflow throughout the unit at all times. And it, it will have reflective windows similar to those in the buses and monorails that will hopefully prevent the cabins from getting too hot. Disney well, does. Look, Disney's not Disney's not dumb, right? I mean, they they understand that they're in Florida. It's going to be summertime. It's going to be hot. So obviously, they've tested this out, and and this works, right? D- Disney is dumb because they should have put air conditioning in it. <laughs> We're in Florida here, people. Tom needs AC. I need AC, no doubt about it. Staying with some general news here, reservations can now be made this week for the 2019 stays at the Grand Destino Tower. I believe that's how they pronounce it. That is the new tower that is being revealed at Coronado Springs. And in addition, it'll be completed uh, next July, I believe. They released the name, obviously, and it'll be the new main entrance point for guests visiting Coronado Springs. Pete and I have stayed at Coronado Springs before. Thought the, thought the resort was actually pretty nice. Uh, it, it's definitely more of a business field than your other Disney resorts. Uh, and obviously, there's a convention center there, so that makes sense. I know we've still got about eight months until the grand opening, but Disney has announced that starting uh, Tuesday, November 27th, so you know prior to this podcast being recorded, you are able to look and book online at the Walt Disney World website. And then the last piece of news I have is the opening date has been revealed for the Disney's Riviera Resort. Uh, it's, it's the 15th Disney Vacation Club property. It's progressing rapidly, and now Disney has shared that you uh, uh, the opening date is fall of 2019. As we've seen with Disney, the term fall of 2019 can be used very loosely. And so we'll see just exactly when it opens, but at least the opening date has been revealed. I got one other piece of news that, that uh, I think slipped through the cracks. And, and really, it doesn't impact us, but uh, we talked about the Tomorrowland Speedway is going to be closing on January 2nd of 2019 for some, uh, for some work for Tron. It will be reopening, or it is currently scheduled to reopen on May 18th, 2019. So if you uh, if you miss the Tomorrowland Speedway, it'll be reopened then. All right, well, I think that's all the news we've got for this week. So we're going to go ahead and get into your questions that you've been sending in. Before we get there, let's pause for just a minute to hear from our sponsors. Destinations with Character Travel Agency is your one-stop shop for Disney vacations, cruises, and more. With clients ranging from the magic makers of Hollywood to the business executives of New York to families from all over the U.S., people trust the travel consultants of Destinations with Character to make their magical dreams a reality with the patience, care, and attention to detail they deserve. With over 50 years of experience in Disney and worldwide travel, are over 30 travel consultants trained to give the best prices and service possible. Destinations with Character has the tools to make the difference for you. Find out how to take the stress and hassle out of your vacation. Simply contact them to let the magic begin. Destinations with Character Travel, making dream vacations come true every single day. Visit their website at www.destinationswithcharacter.com or email them at info at destinationswithcharacter.com and be sure to tell them that the Mendu WDW podcast sent you. So your family is coming to Orlando and the thought of lugging your stroller onto the plane isn't your idea of fun. But you're smart enough to know that conquering the theme parks of Orlando without a stroller for your kids could be a vacation killer. As parents ourselves, we get it. 
You're not asking for much. You just want the convenience of a clean, affordable stroller or crib delivered to your hotel or vacation home, ready to use. Welcome to Kingdom Strollers, a Disney-featured stroller and crib provider that does exactly what you're looking for at a great price. To book your stroller or crib, just click on the item you'd like to reserve and select the dates for your rental. We run a tight ship, so we will never overbook. Next, tell us where you're staying and choose the times for delivery and pickup. Then, choose from helpful free accessories like cooler bags and rain covers. It couldn't be easier. If you have any questions or concerns, you can check our FAQ page or just give us a call. We are always ready to answer your questions. Once you've placed your reservation, there's nothing left to do except count down the days until you're in sunny Florida. So what are you waiting for? Go ahead and book your stroller or crib from Kingdom Strollers today. All right, well, let's go ahead and jump right into the listener questions. We've got a lot to get through this this episode, so we'll go ahead and get right to it. A lot of good questions came in from you guys, and I threw a couple in here that pertain to our trip that's upcoming that have been some things that we've kind of had to do some research on to figure out because it's, it's funny. Every time that we plan a Disney trip, I feel like we get these special situations that come up. We're getting there an extra night, or we have a ticket and not a room, or, you know, all these kind of special situations that come up that, you know, they happen in real life. So we're going to try to take that into account when we're when we're talking through these questions. So first question, we're going down to Disney and we have purchased a five day ticket to the parks. We are only going to be there for four days. Can we use the extra days ticket? So use two tickets in one day instead of buying the park hopper option. So the short answer here is no. And, and this is a good question because look, if if you were able to do that, Say you're going to the park for five days and you were to buy a 10-day ticket. I think that's actually cheaper than buying Park Hopper. So, but unfortunately, Matt's right. You cannot do this. Uh, if you do try to use this ticket to get into a second park, so if you try to use, you've already used a ticket to get into a park, you try to use a second ticket that day, Disney will direct you to guest services to buy a Park Hopper ticket. So unfortunately, no getting around this. Yeah, and that that is unfortunate because... I wish you could pick and choose when you wanted Park Hopper, and it was it was priced that way. But when you buy Park Hopper, you buy it for the entire stay, uh, your visit at Disney World. So if you want to, if if there's a day where you want to do two parks, no, they will not let you buy two separate tickets. Unfortunately, you will have to buy the Park Hopper. So yeah, the the second question we got was when does Galaxy's Edge open? Uh, th- this person wants to be one of the first guests to visit, and they are planning now. So. Galaxy's Edge opens in fall of 2019. That's the official timeline we have. As I alluded to in our news, fall can be treated very loosely uh, in Disney World. So it sounds like it's what we're anticipating as late as December. because, And we're looking at that from the way they've priced their tickets at Hollywood Studios. And you've got to remember, too, that you're not going to be the only people that are trying to be the first ones to this park. And past that, too, I mean, just remember, it might not even be December. They could push this back even further. I doubt that since they've they've given fall 2019 as a hard open time. So unless something major happens, I, I, I don't think, I don't see it going past December. I think the biggest takeaway from that, from that question is keep checking the news frequently. You know, Disney will release when it's going to open. If you're looking every day like we do, or just listen to our podcast, we're not going to skip that in the weekly news. Yeah, I agree. And it, you know, again, a lot of people are going to be here. It may not even be worth going until after all the hype has kind of died down because this this park is going to be packed. All right, next question. And we talked about this either last episode or the episode before the new Disney After Hours that are coming to Hollywood Studios in Animal Kingdom. So these are, just in case you missed that episode, you get into these parks for about three hours after they close. 
they have select riding attractions open, and the cost is what about one hundred twenty-five dollars? I think so. It's it's more than park admission. We you and I talked about it yesterday, and I believe it is twenty-five, about one hundred twenty-five bucks. Yep. So th- this person's question is: Is Disney After Hours good for if we're planning on skipping that park? So. In their situation, they're going down to Disney World. They have three days. They're going to Magic Kingdom. They're going to Epcot. And they're going to Animal Kingdom. They're asking, is it worth it for them to use that Disney after hours for the fourth day? Now, first point I want to make here is that this isn't good for any time you want it. They do have select days that that they offer this Disney after hours. So I'm assuming that one of these does fall within your trip. Yeah, I think the biggest takeaway is, and this is something we had to address on the trip we're going on. The leaving of a park before it closes, you have to take take, in, take into account that you may have to, you know, if Epcot closes at nine and Hollywood Studios closes at eight, you're going to miss it. You, you, you have to make a decision there. And it sounds like you're trying to jam pack a lot of Disney World into three days. So I would imagine you would not want to miss something like Illuminations. And you're going to be put in the, the position where you have to make that decision. So that's one thing. And then I, I think we have, we're on the record that we don't believe Disney After Hours for Hollywood Studios is worth it. However... If you're trying to jam pack a trip in three days, maybe maybe you look at it, but you you would miss out on some of the shows, some of the restaurants being open, the full experience of going through Hollywood Studios. Any other comments, Pete or Matt? Yeah, you're you're looking at having to skip things at other parks. You're looking at having to leave early. It's expensive, you know. It's more than more than a uh, more than a, a ticket cost. Plus, you're going to miss some of the stuff at the parks. Some stuff's not going to be open at Hollywood Studios during this after hours event. Yeah, I think lastly. You know, you take the after hours event, but I would much rather do, you know, Mickey's Not So Scary or Villains or like a, a planned themed late night event. And that's a we, we've done that in the past, Pete, where, you know, we did hit Epcot and then we went to Hollywood Studios and it was open until like, I think it was like one or two or something like that. But we couldn't get in the park until four. And that worked out well. I'd rather do that than playing around the after hours. Yeah. But again, we did have to skip. You know, we didn't we didn't get to do Illuminations at Epcot. We didn't get to stay at Epcot late night. We did have to leave early to go over to Hollywood Studios. So you do definitely lose some of that late night atmosphere at the parks if you do that. Yeah, and we walked there. We walked from park. We to did park. walk. We did. I thought walk. I think that was the most you know the fastest thing we could do at the time. Mm-hmm. So next next question we have: We're making Fast Pass reservations for Epcot, but we don't want any of the Tier One attractions. Is it possible for us to make all Tier Two attraction Fast Passes? I, I did not know this. It actually is possible. So yeah, I didn't know this was a possibility. I, I, I guess I've never looked to do a tier all Tier Two attractions, but certainly because I mean, why would you? Well, the, I don't know. There's cases where you may need to, especially with little ones and height requirements and. Or you just want to do everything. You know, our, our our good friend that lives down in Florida, I believe all his fast passes are tier two for his trip to Epcot. And, you know, when you think about Epcot, I don't know, to me, it doesn't really make sense. You do have the character meet and greets that are a tier one attraction. So even if you have small children and you are not wanting to do SOAR, you're not wanting to do test track, you know, you've got that, that character meet and greet that is a tier one attraction. You, you've also got Illuminations that's Fro- a tier one attraction. I mean, you have Frozen at tier one, right? It, and Frozen. Frozen may be a little scary for, for very small children. So, but I can certainly see it Animal Kingdom, you know, not wanting to do a tier one attraction. Hollywood Studios also. Maybe you don't want to do a tier one attraction. I there. disagree. Toy Story Mania is 100% a tier one attraction. You would but, if you have no, but if you have no interest in it. Everyone's going to have interest in that. Have you ever met someone that says they don't like Toy Story Mania? I don't believe my daughter likes Toy Story Mania. I don't think she would, I don't think she would get much out okay, of it. I don't think she can talk. Okay. She hasn't told you that. I agree. At that, at that age... Of your daughter today, no, Toy Story Mania would do nothing for her. 
she would much prefer going to watch the Frozen sing-along. But even at Epcot, you know, you think of going with a three-year-old. I mean, you would you would want to do Nemo. You would want to do, you might not want to do Frozen. Because Frozen can be a little scary for a small child. So anyway, the point is, you do not have to, as long as you're not trying to get all tier ones, you can get all tier two fast passes without any problem. Moving, moving on to the next question. I had someone reach out. They said, hey, first time. Uh, to, to Disney for us, and we hear you guys talk about Disney Springs a lot. What is it, and does it cost anything to get in? I kind of want to do a little bit of a history lesson here. Disney Springs, formerly known as Downtown Disney, if you've ever heard of that, uh, is same place. But I think, in my opinion, Walt Disney World has really made an initiative uh, and put forth an initiative here to enhance your experience at Disney Springs. I, I heard someone in, in their you know, early 30s, late 30s said that this is like downtown for when you're, you're out of that college age. In Orlando, you have move. You have the movie theater there for one. You have stores, restaurants. There's a bowling alley. There's there there are some Disney things to do, and then there's a lot of Disney things that 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 they're not actually Disney in your face. I mean, there's just a lot of stuff going on down there. And so I'm a huge fan of Disney Springs. I I think I've stressed that enough in the podcast. My wife and I spent multiple days going to Disney Springs before our actual trip began. There is a ton to do, and we didn't even come close to doing everything there. It's 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 an attraction and, and, in itself now. Well, and some of the best restaurants at Disney World are there. You think about like Morimoto. You love. I know you love Deluxe Burger. Yeah, I think it's very good. And I, I think, think Earl of Sandwich is there too, right? It is now. Yep. Yeah. A lot of people that haven't been Disney in a while don't know what Disney Springs is. It's down, it's downtown Disney. So if you used to go to Disney World and do downtown Disney, that's what Disney Springs is. And you know, the interesting thing here, there's parking garages there that are free. So to, to, your, to address your point of, does it cost anything to get in? No, it does not. Now, there are things there that cost money, but that's just like anywhere you go. That, you know, the restaurant yeah, I mean, shops. You know, the Void does cost money to do, and that's kind of a Disney attraction. I yep. think it's Wreck-It Ralph now, right? Yeah, they've changed it. Yep, you're absolutely right. But it, it's, Disney is really, you know, you hear people that live down in Orlando, and none of us do, but they talk about how they used to hate to drive by that Disney Springs area because of all the traffic. Well, Disney addressed that. They made a bus-only lane, so Disney buses have, have a preferred, preferred uh, travel destination, or, or travel route, rather, through there. And... You know, they, like I said, they've really pushed the. They, you'd be hard pressed to find better shopping in the Orlando area. I mean, outside of going to an outlet, they really do try to cater to the locals. I think, you know, obviously this is Disney World, so they they are catering to the resort guests. But I think they're definitely trying to cater to the locals more so than they ever have in the past. Here, I totally agree. And if I was a local down at, at Disney World, not only would I have an annual pass, but I would spend quite a bit of time at Disney Springs. I would. I'd force myself there. But you, but you look at, I mean, how innovative they're being. Even the, take the parking garages, how they have, you know, you, you can look down the aisles and you can see where open parking spots are because they have lights above them to show you. That, that That's awesome. We, you know, we had my, we can stay on this for a minute. I mean, my wife and I, like I said, we went there multiple days and we actually used that as our free little, little Disney secret here. Use that as our free parking to go resort hop and, and view other resorts and actually did it for a park one day. So you can utilize that. And Disney knows people do that. I mean, I'm sure they do. I've never left my car there overnight because I think they would tow it, but I'm not, I'm not hundred percent. I'm sure there are people that have done it successfully. We'll move into our next question. And Pete, I, I know you're going to be utilizing this person's uh, question here. So I, on your trip, so I'm going to go ahead and swing it your way, but it's, it's want to use the magical express, but staying off site the first night, uh, like we've recommended, we do appreciate you listening and taking our recommendation can we do this can we take the magical magical express off site so quick answer no and and i'll dive into this a little bit in in my experience i've always driven down to disney world so 
I've always driven down the night before, stayed off site the first night, gotten up super early, checked into the resort, dropped my bags off, parked and gone to the parks. On the trip that, that's coming up in January for us, I'm not doing that. I'm actually flying in late the night before and we're going to the parks first thing the next morning. So because I'm flying in, I obviously don't have a car. So I'm, I'm having to figure out a way to get, well, how do I get from the airport to Disney World? By the time I added up the cost of parking, the cost of either renting a car or taking an Uber to and from the airport, you know, it was actually cheaper for me to just get another night at a Disney resort than it was to stay off-site and then go in in the morning. So my answer to this has changed a little bit. So I actually am taking the Magical Express. I think I get in at midnight the night before, taking the Magical Express from the airport to my Disney hotel. We'll be in the room for a grand total of like five hours, and then we'll get up and go to the parks the next day. But unfortunately, no, you you cannot take Magical Express unless you are taking it directly to your resort on the first night of your reservation. I would recommend doing very something very similar to what Pete did with a cost analysis of Uber parking, because even if you're going to stay at a Disney Springs area hotel, which is right, I mean, you're right there in the heart of everything, there is a parking charge. It is... I can tell you the double tree is twenty two fifty a night. I would assume they all are in the same ballpark. So, you know, factor in twenty or twenty five bucks there before you decide that hey, it's it, maybe I'll just stay off property because it, it does. I mean, Pete, he he ran into this with this trip, and we we actually kicked this around. Matt, Pete, and I all talked about it, and it made more sense for him to go the route that he's going. So that is a little tidbit of advice as well. The last thing you want on. Your Disney trip is a surprise cost. You know, Disney's expensive enough as it is. So if you, you know, put the time in ahead of time like Pete did, and, you know, as we're recommending this listener, just take your time, man. Look at your, look at the cost analysis and do what's best for you. But I mean, what Pete's doing right now sounds perfect. Well, plus there's, there's another hidden cost of, you know, you have to worry about it. You have to deal with it. If you take Magical Express straight from the hotel or from the airport to your hotel, Disney does a driving, they pick up your bags, they make sure everything gets there. You don't have to worry about anything. So there's an inherent cost there too. So you start your vacation that much earlier. While we're on the Magical Express topic, Pete, do you know exactly how often those buses run? I don't think it's scheduled. I, I think that they look at the reservations that are made and they kind of plan accordingly. I mean, most flights are going to get there within a 20, 30 minute window. And so I think just depending on how many reservations they have for Magical Express, that's when they schedule the buses. So I would anticipate with me getting in, I think my flight lands at 11.55. I would anticipate that I'm going to be one of the very few people on that bus going to the resorts. And they do go to all the resorts. So, you know, apart from the trip from the airport to Disney World, you also have to go drop off at every one of the resorts that people on the bus are staying at. So it does take a while. Hey, Pete, do you know which would be the first resort on that stop? I do don't. I would think that would vary. Yeah, I think it varies depending on who's on the bus. Yeah, well, of I mean, course. they're not going to go to All-Star Sports if nobody nobody on the bus is staying at All-Star Sports. So, I think they just plug it on into a computer and it probably spits out the most it efficient would route. route for yeah, them. I would assume it would route them. And then past that, just want to touch on this really quick. I've used the Magical Express a couple times from the airport and it's been it's been years. I mean, like I've been using the last 5 years, but I can't remember waiting more than 30 45 minutes. To be on a bus and on the way to Disney, which is, you know, it's a breath of fresh air after you know you have flights, flights delay, you get stuck in an airport. You don't get stuck waiting for the Magical Express. So don't let that be a hindrance. Yeah, absolutely right. They're they're pretty efficient with it. I mean, I would imagine that Pete will be on that on that bus within 30 minutes of getting off the plane. I would I would think we'd be on the way within 30 minutes. Absolutely. All right. So the next question 
And and I think this is really pertinent to a lot of people. And this is from the perspective of a beleaguered husband, but it could easily, just as easily go the uh, the other way. My wife and I are heading down to Disney World, and she is consistently late for everything. What happens if we're late for a fast pass reservation time or for a dining reservation? Disney's going to, they're going to help you out. You know, you might have to wait a little bit longer than you're not going to walk right in and find a table, but you're not, it's not going to be like, oh, it's gone. You know, you'll have to go find somewhere else to eat. I mean, you might have to go get a drink at a bar or, you know, just wait in the lobby for an extra 10, 15 minutes, but it's a lot better than just having to figure out what to do and just spend an hour. If it, if it was anything like my wife, you're going to spend an hour figuring out where the next place you're going to go is. So just go to your reservation and they'll, they'll hook you up. Yeah. And we had this experience with, I guess, fast passes. We were a little bit late to one of our fast passes the last trip I went on and it was no problem. There wasn't even a question. And we were, granted, we weren't more than five minutes late for our window. I I would, I would say, do your best to get everywhere on time. You know, there's a reason that we have all these planning tools, particularly on the dining reservation side of it. You know, you're just being a decent human being at that point. So Disney will do their best to accommodate you, but, uh, but definitely make your best efforts to be there on time. Moving to our next question we have here. Can we do fast pass reservations for two parks for one day? So an example would be Epcot in the morning, Hollywood Studios at night. Another short answer here, no, unfortunately not. This is why we suggest the one day in each park. Don't even worry about Park Hopper because you don't have the ability to do this. And I don't know that we, you know, we wish that you did have the ability to do it, obviously. But Disney has strategically done that where people can't just eat up a ton of fast passes at two different parks. That That's kind of why they've done it, because they know there are highlight attractions at Park A and Park B. And you know, if somebody stays on the app long enough, they would theoretically be able to take both of them. So, Like Pete and Tom. Yeah, like like uh, like like Pete and I feel that we stay on the app long enough. Matter of fact, while we're on that topic, Pete did a, a good job. We've improved our Ohana dinner reservation time. But anyway, that's beside the point. So I got a quick question. This is off the beaten path here. I know you and Tom... And y'all say just one park per day. Don't do the park hopper necessarily. I feel like you guys always do the park hopper because y'all are always like going to different places to eat. Like you're hopping from one park to the other to go get a dinner reservation. Like that is the only reason I do park hopper is so I can have freedom to eat wherever I want while I'm at Disney. No, and that and that makes sense. I mean, if if there are restaurants that you want to eat at that are at different parks or whatever, you I mean, you do need a park hopper to take advantage of that. We don't do park hopper. I mean, seriously, I I have not done park hopper my last. For Disney, yeah, trips. it's it. It um, you know, like Ohana. I mean, we we are going to eat at Ohana. I think that Tom, you guys are at Magic Kingdom that day, and we're at Animal Kingdom that day. Correct. But again, Ohana is at the Polynesian, so we, you know, we're not. It's not like we're going to another park to to eat there. We're just going to leave a little bit early because I'm not going to stay for you Rivers of Light. You obviously, don't stay for Rivers of Light. Come on, Pete. We need a review <laughs> from someone other than me. Someone else needs to sit through this horrible show. I mean, show. I don't. No, I don't think. Realistically, I don't think we could. I don't. I think that because Rivers of Light's going to be at eight o'clock. We'll, we'll back up the dinner reservation. I've got one at nine forty. You can sit through Rivers of Light. <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm gonna take a hard pass on that one. I think. But but no, Matt. To answer your question, I mean, it is nice to have that freedom to be able to go and eat wherever you want. You know, I can think of. There's some days that that I've been at Magic Kingdom that I've thought. Hey, wouldn't it be nice to go over and sneak into Tutto Italia or Nine Dragons or something like that instead of trying to eat? I totally agree. (laughs) I'll be honest. I mean, I don't go to Disney as much as you guys do right now. But anytime I get the itch, 
and my wife and I are sitting around the computer planning a hypothetical trip, I click park hopper and don't even think twice about it. It's look, it's not that big of a cost, right? I mean, I mean that's really, I, I think it adds like 70 bucks per person or something like that. Correct. But I mean, you know, in, in my experience and in my planning, I've just never, I've never needed it. Yeah. It, it's not, man, Pete, you bring up a good point because there have definitely been times where I've sat in Magic Kingdom and, and wished, man, we could pop over to Epcot and go enjoy the World Showcase this evening. But well, Matt, think, think back to our last trip where we were at Magic Kingdom and we ended up eating at Liberty Tree. Liberty Tree. Yeah. And then wouldn't we were trying you to much figure rather out what have, we were going to do after. And well, but wouldn't you much rather have gone over and, and hopped into World Showcase? And Well, I mean, if, if, I'm, if I'm living in this hypothetical world, I'd rather be eating at Cinderella's Royal Table, but it wasn't in the cards <laughs> that night. We, we didn't get a reservation for that one quite. I, you know what, though? I will say, just a little extra tip here. We went to Liberty Tree Tavern, like we just talked about, and that was just way too much food for two people. Because, I mean, they bring it out, the same amount of food for two people they do for six people, I feel like. And I think that also contributed to us just kind of wanting to leave the park that day. After we got done eating, we had done almost everything we wanted to do. But guaranteed, if we could have gone to a different park, if we weren't locked into Magic Kingdom, we would have gone somewhere else. We would have, we would have fought through it. Yeah, I agree. I agree. We did eat, we did eat way too much food that night. But okay, on to the next question. We are planning on doing some park hopping, but want to know how long it really takes to get from park to park. Can you also do an Uber? And I've heard of minivans. So we've talked about minivans. We've talked about Uber on this podcast before. Traditionally, those are going to be the quickest ways to get from park to park. Yeah, I mean, if, if honestly, you, if you want to hop in a car and go and not have to wait on Disney transportation, grab a minivan, grab an Uber, you know, do that. When you're talking about going from, say, Magic Kingdom to Epcot, I think we'd all recommend you take the monorail. Give or take from walking to the monorail outside the park to walking in Epcot, I would imagine that takes about half an hour. You know, 30 minutes, maybe 45 minutes tops, but not longer than that. Well, and these, I would I would say that these times are kind of bare minimum. I would say that these times are also best case scenario, right? Because this is, you're walking up to the monorail station, you're getting on the monorail, yeah you know, the first monorail that comes. You're not waiting two or three monorail cycles. Exactly. I mean, you talk about some of the longer trips. If you try and go to Epcot to Animal Kingdom by bus, you're looking about an hour in transit. And so realize this is not like you decide I want to leave Epcot to go to Animal Kingdom and it's an hour. No, like as soon as you walk out of the park, get to the bus stop, you're going to wait about an hour before you walk in to Animal Kingdom. Um, the same thing for Magic Kingdom to Hollywood Studios, about an hour, give or take. Uh, Magic Kingdom to Disney Animal Kingdom, you're talking about 45 minutes. Epcot to Hollywood Studios, 30 minutes. Um, we talked about this earlier, but Pete and I actually, we walked from Epcot to Hollywood Studios and we went by the boardwalk and it was a nice walk, actually. I mean, mm -hmm. it took us no more than about 30 minutes. And we, we were walking at a, a pretty quick pace because we were trying to get to the next event that we were going to. But well, and it was the it was the first day in our trip too, and we were fresh. And Magic Kingdom was the next day when we ate at Liberty Tree Tavern and decided to leave the park yeah. at seven p.m. So yeah, I I think I think you know kind of the point is that yes, minimum thirty minutes to about an hour to get from any park to any other park. Now, one of the things I didn't talk about, and I don't I don't take the boat very often. I know that you guys have taken the boat recently, and it's one of y'all's best Disney memories. But I mean, taking taking the ferry. I mean, how much are you, how much time is that? Because that's Magic Kingdom to Hollywood. So if you're going Epcot to Hollywood Studios, I would say by the time the boat gets there, you get on. It's it's still going to take you 45 minutes to an hour to get there. But you do get because the they're going to stop at the which is nice. You do. They're going to stop at the boardwalk. You know, they're going to stop and let people off and take people on. So I would say 45 minutes to an hour there too. 
So yeah, if you're going to be doing park hopping and you've got a dining reservation or you've got some other reason that you've got to be at a park, you need to allow, I would say, at least an hour to get from park to park. And that's assuming that it's not a real busy time, that there's not a lot of people transiting between the parks because it can that wait time can increase. Now, the Disney Experience app does now have estimated travel times on it. So that could get, also help to give you an idea of how long is it going to take me to get from point A to point B? So definitely utilize utilize that tool as well. Can't stress that enough. Anyone that's about to go to Disney World, make sure you're on that app and you're using it and getting comfortable with it before your Disney trip. Don't don't be on the bus trying to figure it out because that's going to be just filled with anxiety. All right. So next question we've got, and, and this is appropriate. I think, Tom, you ran into this question a trip or two ago. We've got a 7.30 Fast Pass at Hollywood Studios for Slinky Dog Dash, but we also have the Fantasmic Dining Package. We heard you need to be at Fantasmic early. Will we be able to make it to Fantasmic before it starts? So I can address I can address that, that portion of it because Pete is correct. I have booked a Fast Pass, really cutting it close to get Fantasmic with my reserved or preferred seating rather. Yeah, preferred seating is critical to understand here because if you are not there before uh, 30 minutes before the show, begins they will start filling the preferred seating so we did a i think it was midway mania my wife and i were running through the park like we were going to be late for an, an a flight through an airport because we we wanted to do one more midway mania we were it was like game seven of our series you know she she won but we had to get a phantasm before they started giving away our preferred seating so in general plan to be there 30 minutes before and what i mean by that you don't have to be in your seat 30 minutes before but you know 35 maybe 40 minutes go to the check-in and it's a long walk to get to the stage. So do understand that. And that, as long as you're there at the check-in, you know, 35 minutes before, they're not going to give away your seat. Yeah. And just, and just one more thing is I plan for my, you know, my trips or when I'm in Disney and I'm going to Fantasmic, just know where you are in the park. Really. It sounds simple, but I'll, I'll go back and forth between Tower of Terror and Rock and Roller Coaster three times, you know, before I go into Fantasmic, but that is a long walk and you need to, I mean, I would be there at least 45 minutes before Fantasmic starts. I wouldn't cut it any closer than that. And this is not, when I say they're not going to give away your seat, you don't have an assigned seat. So so don't don't look at the preferred seating like, okay, they have a section and a seat number for me. No, it's just, it is an area that is preferred seating and you kind of pick and choose where you'd like to sit. I mean, I'm with Matt. You don't want to, you don't want to cut it close. And if you do have preferred seating, and I, I don't even know if this is still a thing, but I remember you don't want to sit on the first two rows, the Fantasmic. Two to three rows, you're going to get have the possibility of getting wet. Keep that in mind oh, if we, you're going to Fantasmic. Heck, we got we got wet. My wife and I got wet on our last trip sitting 20 rows up because the wind was blowing so dang hard. Yeah. I mean, no, normally you're outside of that little splash splash zone if you're you know five rows back. And one more thing, too, to remember is if you're going to be in Disney multiple nights and you only have preferred seating for Fantasmic one night, if you're going to go back to Hollywood Studios at night the next day, that's when there's a significant drop-off in the lines of the rides, especially Tower of Terror and um, Rock and Roller Coaster. Not so sure about Toy Story Mania, but any other ride in Hollywood Studios you'll be able to walk on if you decide to skip Phantasmic. So keep that in mind, yeah. too. It's it's Look, it's definitely worth it to get the preferred seating. I, and to address something I don't think we've talked about, get rid of your 730 Slinky Dog Fast Pass. If you're this far out from your trip, yeah, and that's the that's the best fast pass you could get. I, I don't know that it's worth it to keep that because you're wasting your whole day of fast passes at that point. That's true. I I didn't even think about that, but you're 100 percent right there. That that's just that's holding up a fast pass until 7:30 at night. 
Yeah, you won't be able to use any more for the rest of the day. So my advice would be if you really want to ride Slinky Dog Dash, go first thing in the morning at park open, hop on, replace that 730 Fast Pass with something a little bit bit more reasonable. And as you're in the park too, you know, be looking at the app, see what's available. Something pops up, you know, it happens. And especially that time frame though, I don't know about you guys, but 730, if I have preferred seating, Fantasmic, I'm enjoying a nice meal before I go into Fantasmic. That's a prime time to be eating and relaxed and refresh. Pete's making a funny face. No, I, I mean, I agree. I, it, it is. You can also do the lunch package. So it doesn't necessarily have to be dinner. But anyway, next question. I like this question a lot. My family's going down, but we only have two days to go to the parks. Which two parks would you guys recommend? Alternatively, we're also thinking about going to Universal for a day. If you're only going to one park, what park is it? We get this every time we open it up for listener questions or we, you know, we always ask at the end of the podcast for you to reach out to us via Twitter, email, anything. We get this kind of question a lot and we we probably hit on it every single time that we podcast and we do a listener episode, but it's Magic Kingdom, right guys? Yeah. If I'm doing one park, it's Magic Kingdom. I'm so, so yeah, no, Matt looked at me weird when I started looking like I was thinking one park is Magic Kingdom, but two parks is where I have the issue because it depends what you're, what you're going for. If you are in, if you enjoy eating and drinking exotic food and drinks, Epcot's got to be your second park. If you enjoy thrill rides, though, I don't. Is it Animal Kingdom now, or is it Hollywood Studios? And it also it also comes down to do you want your visit to really feel like heavy Disney influence? Because if you're going to Animal Kingdom or Hollywood Studios, you're not going to get that nostalgia factor of the Magic Kingdom. I mean, I I can tell you for me that it's if I'm going to two parks, it's Epcot and it's Magic Kingdom. Yeah. I'm in the same boat, and I haven't been to Pandora yet, so I haven't seen it as badly as I want to go be a part of that. I would still pick Epcot and Magic Kingdom if I only had two parks I could go to. Um, real quick, we're we're not a Universal podcast, but I will touch on this. Um, into that question, if you're gonna go to Universal, I strongly, strongly, strongly suggest that you buy the um, I can't remember. It's I think it's like the VIP pass or something. It's like an extra hundred and fifty dollars. But if you only have one day to hit everything, you will go to the front of every single line in Universal, and you can do both those parks in one day with that pass. So I mean, you're gonna you're gonna pay a premium, but if you have one day and you want to hit everything, that's that's what I'd do. Now we can kick the Universal talk to the side of the road here. You never spend time at Universal when you can spend time at Disney or SeaWorld. Oh, right, SeaWorld, yeah. Oh, oh gosh, ugh. have you seen Blackfish? <laughs> uh, so what, what else do we have here? Here we got a couple questions left. Did you say, what else do we have here, here? <laughs> what do we have to see here? <laughs> All right, so we want to start booking dining reservations. Um, we're six months out from our trip, but we're not 100% sure where we're going to be on the dates we've picked out. Is there a penalty for cancellation? Yeah, this is pretty easy. Um, no, um, you can cancel up to the day before without penalty. And, I mean, Tom and Pete, I'm sure you guys are doing this right now. Yeah, I mean, we're trying to get a better Ohana time. We right have, now. Yeah, we have two and- Ohana. This is, this is what we do. We hoard the uh, dining reservations, which we do not encourage because that is not fair for everyone involved. But yeah, we have two Ohana dining reservations because we are both independently working on improving the time. And mm-hmm. and Disney knows this happens too. We've addressed this on our podcast before. I this is here's here's my personal opinion. Pete, correct me if you disagree or Matt, same thing. I would go ahead and book your dining reservations. You're six months out from your trip and try to build your fast passes around those because. Some of the restaurants you may want, whether it's a BR guest, whether it's an Ohana, you know, um, Boma. I'm trying to think of some of the big ones. La Cellier. It's Chico. hard to get those back. So build your fast passes around your dining reservations, if at all possible. But if not, hey, go in there and and book a ton of uh, 
dining reservations at all the parks and areas for each day. Just understand that the time, you're not going to be able to, to overlap the time. So you can't have five 7.30 p.m. fast passes, or um, dining reservations rather. D- Disney does prevent you from doing that. And I would go back to this too and just say, you might as well get Park Hopper. If you're worried about this six months in advance, that can ease a lot of concern where you have much more flexibility on if you have to leave a park. So I, if I'm you, I'm going to get I'm going to get the park hopper. I'm going to pay the pay the premium for it and have the flexibility because you sound very prepared, and you're going to be trying to make this your best Disney trip. Yeah, just do the park hopper. And hey, check check the app a lot, like multiple times a day on your lunch break. You know, I mean, I don't know. Tom and Pete probably have this down to a science, but I mean, maybe check it at ten thirty instead of noon when everyone else is checking it. I don't know. Don't get too far in your own head, but yeah, be checking this and make the best trip you can. And make sure you do cancel the reservations that you do not want, yes. because there is a charge if you if you do not show up for your reservation. So make sure you don't you do cancel the ones you're not going to use. And and look, cancel them. As far out as you can. Yeah, be if your courteous. Plans change. Yeah, be courteous to other people. If I get the time that we want for the Sohana reservation, Tom's going to cancel his. We're not going to keep both of them held up. Now, unless you're super hungry that night and you just want to go to Ohana twice, <laughs> they hadn't thought about that, y'all. That's true. It may happen. I would have to stay at the Polynesian. You would actually have to roll me to my room. I would not go to <laughs> my legs would not function anymore. After after two servings of uh, that banana foster bread fu- bread pudding, you know I don't think I could walk. I always tell myself that I'm going to save room for two servings of banana foster bread pudding, and this year I am doing it. I will eat less steak, chicken, and shrimp to eat more banana fosters. I sincerely doubt that. Um, I'd love to see a live stream of that, but anyway, I'll throw up. I'll, I'll throw up. <laughs> <laughs> Got to make room somehow, some way. Um, so last question here, and this is going to be a quick one. What are our options for buying pictures? So, you know, Disney has a couple options there. So yeah, you do have a couple options here. You can buy PhotoPass in advance. It's significantly cheaper if you buy it in advance. It's like $149 if you buy it in advance. If you wait till after your trip to order, the price goes up to like $199. So it is significantly more expensive. You can also buy a day's worth of pictures. And I think that's like $69. After the fact. And then you can also order individual prints. They're like 20 bucks a pop. So the most surprising thing, and you're not asking us this, so apologies and I'm going to go on a rant here, is the individual copies are less expensive than I thought they were. So if you... you 20 bucks a picture is a lot. Yeah, but if you can just pick one picture, and of course you don't... You don't know what you what you don't know, but if you can just pick one picture, then and and, and that and that satisfies your Disney trip. You know, if you're not a Disney uh, nerd so, like all three of us. So, what background would you want for your one Disney picture? Ooh, I mean, we messed up not buying the Splash Mountain picture. Yeah, I'm still kicking myself for not buying. There's got to be a way Disney picture. still has that picture. We really messed that up. Mm-hmm. But other than that, yeah, I, I think Splash Mountain. No, I, th- I think you got to get Cinderella's castle in the background. No, you can get that one for free. My wife and I have a picture of us. Oh, you're talking about just okay. So yeah, here's another thing, guys. Some um, another quick tip, and we've given this one out before too. But if you see someone trying to get a picture of them taken, just volunteer to take that picture because. They will take the picture of you right after you take their picture. So, yeah, I didn't know we were talking about rides here. Yeah, if you're talking about rides, I think it has to be Splash Mountain. That's the, that's probably the most iconic. But Tower of Terror is pretty iconic, too. Or Dinosaur. My mom still has the very best picture of me ever from Dinosaur. That was a I, I bet you experience. look terrified. Uh, I'm embarrassed at how terrified I look in that picture. There are two pictures on this planet I want burned, and that's one of them. I know what the other one is, too. Other I think I have a copy of it. way more embarrassing. The other one is way worse. I need to lock. I need to lock my phone so it doesn't grab it and delete it. <laughs> I'll send it back to you if he does. I think that's all the questions that we've got for this episode. Again, we want to encourage you guys as questions come up. 
send them in to us. We'll answer them either in the beginning of an episode or we'll wait until uh, till we get a bunch of them and do, a, do an entire question episode. Love hearing from you guys. And again, encourage you to send in uh, whatever questions you got. So let's go now to Tom with the trivia question secret for the week. What do we got this week? So secret of the night. First, we will hit. Did you know? It's one of those secrets. We've been on a roll with the did you knows. Every year, over 3 million flowering plants are planted at Walt Disney World, and their staff maintains over 2 million shrubs, 13,000 roses, and 200 topiaries. That's nuts. Just goes to show you, Disney staff will work their tail off, and, and there's a reason that we, you, you talk about how clean the park is, how nice it looks, how you know, the different festivals they do. That goes to show you that they can manage and maintain quite a bit of landscaping, and they're very, very good at it. Uh, as well. Moving to the trivia question of the night uh, for the last, well, I guess two weeks ago, not not last week. The trivia question was, which city is Walt Disney World located in? And we told you that it was a trick question. A lot of you guys thought it was Orlando, Florida, and I don't blame you because we always reference Orlando when talking about Walt Disney World. However, it, the majority of Walt Disney World is located in Bay Lake, Florida, which some of the street names, especially near Disney Springs, you maybe would know that. So we did have, a, we did have quite a few who knew it was Bay Lake, Florida. But that, that came from Pete. That was a really good question. That was kind of tricky. And I think you guys enjoyed it uh, based on the, the feedback we got. And one of the things that I, I've actually asked that question to a couple of folks before, and they say Buena Vista, Florida, which would not be right. Would not. He's correct. Would not be right. Interesting little fun fact. The mailing address for Disney is Lake Buena Vista. All four of the theme parks and the majority of the resorts are in Bay Lake. So... That's probably where the confusion comes in. Now, moving to the trivia question of this week. How many different outfits does Mickey Mouse have in his closet? And what, what I'm referring to here is Mickey Mouse dresses sometimes as, you know, fancy clothes. Sometimes he has a Christmas outfit on. Those type outfits. How many different outfits does Mickey Mouse have in his closet? You can tweet us at podcast or email us at gmail.com with your answer. Anybody want to take a stab at it here? I'm going to say at least five. Okay. But it wouldn't surprise me if we're in the thousands at this point. How about you, Pete? I, I, 127. All right. Well, I guess you have to tune in next week. What's to... your rationale for that, Pete? You were very direct there. I don't, it's just a, it's just a guess. It's just a guess. No, no rationale for the number of, uh, number of outfits. Just a, pulled it out of the air, put it in my pocket. I hope you're right. I will tell you he is not correct. Was I right? You were not correct either. <laughs> I mean, I, I said around a thousand. All right, well, I can't wait till next week. We'll find out next week. All right, anything else, guys? Nah, Tom and I are just going to have a good time hanging out today. Sorry you're missing out. I'm sure you got a lot of yard work to do or something. Got a lot of Christmas to put up in our house still. We did that last night for quite a... I think I, I, think I sent you a picture, Pete, of the, uh, my wife and I finished the Christmas tree. No, my wife's been working hard on it. Yeah, and it, uh, we got here today, and it looks great. All right, well, that's all we've got this week. Please tune in next week for some more Disney magic. Look for us on the Twitter at Podcast. If you have any suggestions, questions, or comments, please tweet us or email us at mendoww at gmail.com. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and leave us a review. It really does help us out. Thank you so much for listening and giving us the most valuable thing you have, your time. We'll see you next week.